Life Audio. Hey, friend, Heather Creek Mark here. What do you fantasize about? What are you dreaming about? What does that fantasy say about your innermost needs? Oh, whoa. We are going to some deep places today with my friend, Travis Stewart. He's a licensed professional counselor. I'll tell you more about him in the interview. But Travis does such a good job of asking questions and giving us questions that we can ask ourselves to explore more about why we struggle with body image and potentially food in the ways that we do. This is such a good interview. I couldn't split it into two parts. So it's a little bit longer, but trust me, friends, make the time. It will be worth it. It is good till the very end. There's so much risk chef here. You're probably going to have to listen to it twice. And if you enjoy it, will you share it with a friend? What a great conversation starter it would be around these body image issues. Share it with a friend. If you love it, leave a five-star review. Those are always appreciated. And a big shout out today to my listeners in Germany. Thank you for putting the Compared to Who show on the charts there in Germany. Sorry, I don't spring and see Deutsch but I'm glad you are listening. I hope you'll share it with all your friends all over Europe. I'm glad you're here. If you need more help, check out the Body Image Freedom Framework. You can learn more about this new online course and coaching program at improvebodyimage.com. Yay. Let's get to this great episode. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. I'm glad you're joining us today. We're going to have an incredible conversation on the topic of fantasy. And how comparison relates to fantasy and oh, all kinds of good stuff is ahead for you today. So thanks for watching or listening. Today, my guest is my friend Travis Stewart. Let me tell you just a little bit about Travis. He's been mentoring people since 1992 when he became a, well, he became a licensed professional counselor in 2005. Uh, his approach is both relational and creative, and he's been working in this field of body image issues, eating disorders, all the things that we talk about on this show for a number of years. Uh, He was one of the visionaries behind the Hungry for Hope conference that Finding Balance, our friends over there, started hosting a number of years ago. Uh, He's a graduate of the University of Nebraska with a degree in advertising. (laughs) You need to like shout, go Huskers. Is that what they are? Go Big Red. Go Big Big Red. red. Big Red. Okay. I'm I'm not good with my... (laughs) (laughs) college rallies, but he's got a master of arts in counseling, a master of arts in theological studies, both from Covenant Seminary, where he is employed now, and he's a licensed professional counselor in the state of Missouri. Travis, I butchered all of your credentials, (laughs) but just know we're glad to have you on the show today. You were on and just, I don't know, six months or so ago, you can listen to Travis's uh, episodes. It was season seven, episodes 25 and 26. We had a great conversation about core needs of the heart and your three chairs model, which I love so much. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that. But today I'm excited about uh, what we're going to talk about before we dig in. Just why? I mean, it's unusual for me to have a male guest on the show. It's just mm-hmm. about that. What, what got you into this whole world of body image, eating disorders? Like how, how did you get here? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, um, not on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. Um, I, I was on staff. I was doing campus ministry with the navigators um, at uh, Nebraska and then the University of Kansas. Um, 
And so I was interested in ministry and, and then um, ended up going to school <laughs> very short. I'll cut out a lot of the story. Ended up going to school to get a counseling degree. I thought I'd go back and continue campus ministry. So I wasn't necessarily looking to be a full-time counselor, um, but God had other plans. And so after graduation, um, we looked at moving to Phoenix where my wife's family was and a friend was working at a treatment center, Ramuda Ranch for, for eating disorders. And my wife said, what would you think about a job there? And I was like, nope, <laughs> not interested. Yeah. Wasn't interested, but, but God led. And, you know, I was, I had a, a I think a three-year-old and a five-year-old and I was like, you know, having a job is a good thing. So decided <laughs> to interview and, and that that's what got my foot in the door. And so what was interesting about the work at Ramuda Ranch, who at the time we treated females only. Okay. And um, they had they had therapists who did body image work, but they wouldn't have a male therapist do specifically body image work. They would have just female for reasons of trauma and, you know, sexuality and comfort and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still interested in kind of thinking about the body image piece. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, I'm not going to be doing like the... Um, the sessions around body image, but I thought I, I kind of want to learn more. And I had really enjoyed my theological studies. So I just started thinking, what does scripture say about the body? We had covered some of that in seminary. And so I just went back to that and I just started thinking about that. How does this apply to what I'm hearing and talking? And so that's kind of how this area of interest in body image grew. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I discovered is that a lot of what the scriptures talk about with the body, like Churches weren't doing a great job. Neither were the campus ministries that I, we just weren't doing a great job of teaching that. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, in the church, we're often afraid to talk about the body. We feel shame about it. We feel like it's too sensual. I don't know. There's all kinds of reasons, you know? And so we get uncomfortable, but, but the fact is we talk about the body all the time because mm-hmm. <laughs> we stand at the latest potluck and we bemoan, you know, that we've gained weight or, I shouldn't be eating the bad food. We should only Mm -hmm. eat the good food or all this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's totally accepted. We just, Mm -hmm. it's sort of one of those dysfunctions that we sort of (laughs) readily accept among, you know, believers. And so, so it's just an area of interest that's grown over time. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we are, we're glad to have you and your voice doing this work. So last time you were on, like I mentioned, episodes 25 and 26, we talked about core needs of the heart. Yeah. And I think this touched a lot of my listeners. They were really struck by this. Before we dig into our good stuff for today, which I think was going to reflect back on some of this, can we just go through those again, Travis? Would that, yeah. would that be okay yeah. to review those? Absolutely. And this comes from Mark and Debbie Laser. They wrote a book called Seven Desires of the Heart. I believe I'm saying that right. Um and so they've identified seven core desires, things we long for. So, you know, you might think about attachment theory if you have mm-hmm. some clinically oriented people in your in your audience. Um, this would have some similarities to that. You might think a little bit about, um, you know, the hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's similar to those things, but a little bit different, too. Um, and so these are primarily relational in nature. So we went more in depth in the, in the episodes that you mentioned, I think it was episode 25. Um, but they are, the first one is to be heard and understood. We all have a longing that someone would hear us and understand us and do their best at trying to put themselves in our shoes. Um, the second one would be, we have a longing to be affirmed, to, to have someone tell me, good job. You did a great job at that. Um, and that's part of the ways I think God helps us understand what we are gifted at right? Is when people affirm us for things. Um, And it's so life-giving. The next one then is similar, but different. It's blessed. Mm. So blessing is, I enjoy you. I'm going to speak over you. I'm going to speak words to you that give you life. And so, you know, example, an affirmation might be, Heather, you have a great podcast. I love Mm. your podcast. You, you know, you give creative uh, ideas. You have great guests. You do a great job running it. That's affirmation. If I say to you, Heather, I just love hanging out with you. Mm. That's blessing. Mm-hmm. I enjoy you. I enjoy your presence. Mm-hmm. Like that's so they're similar but different. We mm-hmm. need both. Yeah. Um, the next one is safe. We have a longing to feel safe. We need to feel safe relationally, financially, 
physically, you know, in our neighborhood, in our cars, all those kinds of things, we need to feel safe. Um, and that's so important to building trust and intimacy and, and security. So um, the next one then is touched. We have a need for healthy physical touch. And you know, there's been studies that have shown that babies that don't get enough touch, you know, don't develop and mm-hmm. all those types of things. And we need, we need touch from friends. We need healthy intimate touch from a spouse, all those kinds of things are part of um, how God has designed us. And it just always reminds me that each of these seven things could be misused. Mm. So some people have experienced unhealthy touch, right? Mm. Whether that's violence or sexual abuse. Mm. And so, but, you know, hearing and understanding could be misused too. I can hear you and understand you, but then gossip about you, mm-hmm. or I could manipulate you by what you've shared. So all of these things need to be done in a, in a good context. Um, the next one would be chosen. We need to feel chosen that someone would pick us to be a friend, mm-hmm. a spouse, an employee, a teammate, you know, they want us on their team or, um, in their community. And the final one is similar, um, but it has more of a community feel, which is included. I'm a part mm-hmm. of something. I'm a part of a group, a church, a family, a sports team, a fan base, mm-hmm. you know, it, we we need to feel like we belong somewhere. So so those that's a really fast kind of uh, quick through, you know, the seven desires of the heart. But those do relate to what we're going to talk about today. So that's yeah. a great foundation. I can't wait to dig into this more right after this break. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. I encourage anyone watching or listening, go back and listen to that episode because we really did. We had some good back and forth about each one of those, really digging into what they are. But today we're going to talk about fantasy. (laughs) Like... So we went back and forth, like, well, what can we talk about? What's another good episode that would, you know, what's, what's a great content we could, we could discuss. And uh, you mentioned fantasy and I got, you've got a study out there. I think that was quite interesting to, uh, yeah. to reference. Is that, is that where we start, Travis? Should we start with the study? I, yeah, I think so. You know, it, it, fantasy is an interesting subject. So, so many times, like we put we put baggage with the word fantasy we mm-hmm. think of it as sexual in in a negative sense or we think of it as living in a fantasy world mm-hmm. but you know there there's some beautiful things about fantasy i think create creativity comes about fantasy like mm-hmm. we start to dream about what could be there's there's wonderful and i think fantasy or imagination is a god-given gift mm-hmm. um so and we can also understand ourselves a lot better through it and we'll we'll mm-hmm. dive into that but yeah this this was interesting to me. I came, I don't remember how I came across this study, but in 2009, some Australian researchers at Flinders university, um, I had to look that up. I was like, where is Flinders? <laughs> it's a real place. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. So right. It sounds like a fake university. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's in Australia, Flinders university. Um, 
uh, they've done a lot of research around how does seeing the thin ideal the images we see in, in media affect people who see those. And so they did some research. Well, they did a really interesting project one time where they gave, um, I think it was primarily with women or all women in this study. And they, they had them sitting down in front of images that you would typically see in magazines. Or as I read it, I'm like, gosh, does anybody buy magazines anymore? Not as much, but advertising social media would probably fit. Um, and they, they wanted to see how that compared or how that um, affected people. But they gave them specific assignments. They told one group when they looked at the magazine's images to compare themselves to the models in the images. And then they asked them questions about how did they feel about themselves? How was their body image? How was their mood? All those mm -hmm. kinds of things after comparing themselves. They gave another group the instructions to fantasize mm -hmm. that they were like the models in the images, right? And so that could be they, their bodies were like the models, or it might mm -hmm. be, you know, other things like the model might be driving in a nice car or something like mm -hmm. that, right? So, but it was just sort of like fantasize that you are in that setting or like that person. So in some ways, the results aren't that surprising if you mm -hmm. stop and think about it. But so the two behaviors had different outcomes. Comparison led to a decline in body image satisfaction, mm -hmm. right? When, whenever the, the group that was told to compare, they walked away with poor body image. Their mood wasn't necessarily worse, okay. but their body image for sure was worse. Right. So that's something that, you know, your audience knows you spend time comparing yourself to other people who, quote, fit the ideal. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you don't perceive yourself fitting the ideal, well, then and, and you put value in that ideal. Mm -hmm. Right. You're going to walk away feeling worse about your body. What what's happened with the others, those who fantasized about being it like that body or in mm -hmm. that you know, situation in the, in the ad, what they found was their body image didn't necessarily get worse, but their mood improved. Hmm. So fantasy actually improved their mood. Hmm. You know, if I was like that person, if I had that body, mm -hmm. they walked away from the experience with, with an increased mood, a positive mood. Hmm. So you start to have to ask questions. Well, what's, what's going on? And here's my summary. It'd be interesting to talk to the researchers, of course, but um, I think, Basically, it's not just that I want to have the body of the model mm -hmm. in the image. It's I want what I think having that body will give me. Mm. Yeah. Right. So it's not just that I want a flat stomach or thinner thighs or toned arms. It's what I think I will feel and experience because mm -hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Does that resonate? I'm curious. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do an exercise with clients called the ideal image exercise where Ooh, I have yeah. them. And it was a, a counselor had given me this exercise before where I had, he was like, well, what are you supposed to look like? And I was like, well, that's a good question. <laughs> and, you know, and I really thought that this image only existed in my head, but when he kind of forced me to figure out what that image was supposed to be, I, I did, I found one. And so I do this exercise with my clients now. And one time about a year ago, I asked a client to describe, like describe what she looks like. And because she had mentioned a name and I didn't necessarily know who it was, an actress of some sort. And, and she used these words, Travis, she said, she looks like peace. Mm. And I was like, she, you know, like, peace like she Jesus like what but it just it was so startling but so just so authentic right because I think that that is part of the fantasy right is that yep. if I had that then I would have you know maybe everything peace. else in the picture but peace right yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Well, that's the same exercise. I do that exercise as, okay. as well with clients. And the first time I did it, um, the client told me she described a very emaciated skeletal body, which mm -hmm. surprised me because I, I kind of, I don't know what I assumed. I mean, I'd worked with eating disorders a long time, but I guess I assumed sort of like, you know, the ideal like fitness model. 
Mm-hmm. But it was very emaciated. And as we dug through her story and what that meant to her, it she literally fantasized about passing out mm. and then being rescued mm. and nurtured. And her story had a lot of like feeling neglected. Mm. And so her fantasy was was about a body that would elicit nurture, mm. which is, wow. you know, that like just that convinced me that using that exercise was so powerful and yeah. so helpful. And wow. what I'm sure you've discovered is that not everybody has the same ideal body. Mm-mm. No, which is, which is really case in point, right? <laughs> because I think we all, this is probably way too broad a generalization, but I think most of us go in thinking that the standard of beauty is something that everyone recognizes and agrees on. Right. And then right. when every person in a group has a different standard <clears throat> of beauty and the, you know, the one image looks nothing like the other person's image, it really right. does drive home the point. What? <laughs> Wait a second. Well, it, dr- it drives home two points for me. One okay. is maybe we shouldn't have a standard of beauty that's like... <laughs> And two is every, and this is what we'll unpack. Everybody's ideal is different because their story is different. Mm -hmm. And what they think that body will give them is different. Yeah. Right. So what the the woman who wanted the skeletal body was looking for would not have been achieved through a healthy fitness model body. Right. Right. And so the stories are, and that's where this is, this is where, we get to start to get to the meat of this topic is fantasy can teach us a lot about our unmet longings and needs. And then therefore it can then lead us to Jesus. Yeah. Right. So we, we begin to understand that, you know, experience and why am I fantasizing about this? And this can be true too. Why do you fantasize about the lottery Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that we fantasize about? The HGTV dream home or Right. (laughs) right. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. So fantasy can teach us a lot of those things. And so I, yeah, I love that you do that with your clients. I have found it so helpful with mm-hmm. my clients. Now here's a, here's a thing I'll add to it. Um, and we'll come back to this at the end when we give some like take home homework for your, for your audience. But I will then ask the person once they've identified the ideal body, I'll then ask them to put it into a movie scene, mm-hmm. put yourself in a scene in which you find yourself with that body and I'll ask questions that we'll get to later. Mm. Um, and that tells you even more about the story. Mm. Um, and sometimes you'll find this is just a little quick add in. I worked with um, one of my friends is Riley Nichols, who uh, is probably one of the country's leading experts on eating disorders and athletes. Mm. And he has talked about how athletes will have at least two different ideal body images mm. and on the court, ideal body hmm. and off the court, you know, a social ideal body and they're hmm. different. Yeah. So maybe on the court, they have strong muscles and, you know, but off the court, they want to, you know, be thinner or they don't like right. their big thighs, which, but they do right. like it for their sport. Right. right? So yeah. it's a really interesting, complex topic. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about gymnasts <clears throat> because I yeah. feel like I've read some of the Olympic gymnasts kind of, you know, express, you know, mm-hmm. that, they, they need that kind of body for gymnastics, but you know, right. socially <laughs> they're, you know, they don't always like it. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that plays out for us as well. I've had clients who've has given me different body types for different mm-hmm. scenarios. So, mm-hmm. so ask your clients that follow-up question. If yeah. you could put yourself in a movie scene, yeah, what would it be? And so, so what, like, what's, what does that typically sound like? I mean, I know there's no typical, but like, what are, what are some of the things that come out? When you do that, follow-up so question. the one I told you about about passing out, mm-hmm. she she talked about going for a run in her neighborhood and mm-hmm. passing out, and then being found by um, uh, a person in the neighborhood who she respected and liked, mm-hmm. and so that was the first one. I've had other ones who talk about going to that Chris, like the annual Christmas party that her family throws, mm-hmm. and she would be noticed by that. You know, she was like twenty-two. She'd be noticed by the the handsome college boy across the room. Okay. You know, and kind of the played out that story. Yeah. Another one, uh, one that I recently had, she talked about um, being going on a, a mountain hike with her family mm. and um, not getting tired and not being left behind. So mm. her her body image, it had something to do with, you know, 
endurance and strength and mm -hmm. fitness, you know, um, yeah. other stories have included like my wedding, you know, thinking about mm -hmm. my wedding night. Mm -hmm. um, one talked about being on the beach. And what some of the questions that I'll ask is, well, in this scenario, because fantasy really is about story. It's not just the mm -hmm. ideal body image. It's a story mm -hmm. that you're telling, right? So in this fantasy, she said she'd be on the beach in a swimsuit. And I always will ask, is anybody noticing you? Mm -hmm. Who's noticing you? How are they responding? Right. And so sometimes it's, um, you know, are, are women noticing you? How are they responding? Are they comparing? Mm -hmm. Are they admiring? Are they, you know, are men noticing you? How are they responding? This one that I'm thinking of now, she said, nobody's there. I'm just comfortable. I'm mm -hmm. in a in a swimsuit on the beach and I'm comfortable wow. like you know so it just yeah there's all kinds of really interesting things that you'll learn yeah and so I think where you're going next <clears throat> is how this how this kind of reveals our core needs and I'm thinking yeah. so I'll, I'll self-reveal here as you know you're saying this and I'm like okay what would mine be <laughs> I'm picturing that ideal image that I found for my counselor yep. I don't know goodness 15 years ago and I think if you asked, if you gave me the assignment of being in a movie, I think it would be, I would be on stage and people would be applauding. Mm. So, so would that be acceptance or approval or how, what, yeah. Mm. Tell me how that would feel. Hmm. Yeah. I think it would feel accepting. Like I was accepted yeah. of. So we could go with included chosen, mm -hmm. and, you know, chosen might be, yeah. Mm. yeah chose admired mm -hmm. right and if you were admired and chosen what feelings does that give you um hmm security yeah yeah so safe is one of the other right mm -hmm. safe is the one that i go to again and again and again safe out of all those seven we listed safe i yeah. think i said this in the previous episode that is so much at the heart of it, right? If yeah. I was chosen, if I was included, I would feel safe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that, meaningful. So yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine would be like my ideal body, you know, it's often connected to an actor or something because those are the images that we get put in front of us. It'd be like Chris Evans or something, mm -hmm. Captain America. You know, and for me, one of my core parts of my story is not feeling strong, mm. you know, so to, to be fe seen as strong, you know, and, and a heroic, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to, I don't need to be the Hulk, you know, but I was going to say not Thor. Evans would, right. <laughs> Thor, I could take Thor. I could do, yeah, I could do Chris Helmsworth. So, um, but even, yeah, but even absolutely. in there, that, that yeah. just exemplifies it again. Right. Because for some for some yeah. men, it would be Thor, right? Or, you know, right. like, or the Hulk right. or Spider-Man. Right. right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, th th those, those, those go right to our core needs, mm -hmm. our core stories, the core lies that we believe too. It helps reveal mm -hmm. those lies, you know, the lies that I'm not strong enough, right. Or the lie that maybe you're not accepted or you're not admired, all those things It goes right to that stuff. So, yeah. um, so a couple things, fantasies, fantasy taps into at least two things. What do we most deeply want? Mm -hmm. Right. Which we've been talking about. And the other is what strategy do we have for getting what we most deeply want? Mm -hmm. Some people don't fantasize that much about an ideal body image, but they do fantasize about the ideal spouse or the ideal job mm -hmm. or winning the lottery. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So our fantasies tell us about our longings and our strategies. Mm -hmm. And we, we should be asking the question, how did I get to that? How, yeah. did, how did I come to believe that having a flat stomach will get me this? Mm -hmm. Where did that story come from? Obviously, some of that's culture, but there's other things too. You know, family, experiences, um, subculture, all those things play into it. So fantasy can help us understand our strategy and our longings. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where's the, I, I want to say, where's the line? And that's always a horrible question. <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's the words I can give it right now. 
you know, because I, like, I, I totally agree with you that kind of being able to go through this ideal image exercise and, you know, take it to the next step with your movie, like, like seeing what is going on in our fantasy lives can reveal things for sure. Yeah. But where's the line of casting down imaginations to use the King James, yeah. you know, like, like, like at what point does it become like dangerous if, if that's yeah well i think um we're always in danger uh, <laughs> of and i don't mean like be scared of the world what i mean is our thoughts are always like always we're navigating that like wisdom versus humanity i mean we're mm -hmm. we're limited humans and god understands and he is not ashamed of us he's not embarrassed of our fantasies mm -hmm. he's not judging us he's not shaking a finger at us you know um and so I, you're, you're referring to, you know, the idea that comes in second Corinthians 10 of take, take your thoughts captive, mm -hmm. right? How do we cast down those things? How do we do that? And so I love the idea um, that comes from the idea. So let's, let's look at that phrase, take your thoughts captive, mm -hmm. right? So if you were to take a, if, if we were in war and we were, you know, the enemy and we captured one of the enemy, right? What would we do with the enemy? What would we do with them? Well, we'd probably interrogate them, ask them some questions. Hmm. Like they're the enemy. They're trying to defeat hmm. us. And unfortunately, too many Christians, when we hear that phrase, take your thoughts captive, what, what we think it means is stop thinking about it. Hmm. Don't think about that anymore. Like hmm. just sh shut down and somehow ignore Mm -hmm. <laughs> this powerful thought you just had. Mm -hmm. But um, I think, again, it was Mark Laser who said, in, in fact, we should interrogate our thoughts. If we've mm -hmm. taken them captive, we should move towards them, move mm -hmm. towards the fantasy, not in the sense of indulging the fantasy, mm -hmm. but in the sense of understanding it. Okay. So when those thoughts come and you catch yourself fantasizing about, you know, winning the lottery or losing weight or whatever the thing might be it first is to notice it and go, Oh, okay. Um, I'm, my mind is going to this place that feels powerful and compelling. And if it keeps going to that place, mm -hmm. I may end up making some decisions around food or money or sex or whatever that leads me into unhealthy consequences. Right. So I, I need to interrupt that cycle. Mm -hmm. But instead of just shutting it off and trying to focus on something else, let me take a moment and reflect on what it's teaching me. Right. And so two questions you can ask yourself with a fantasy. Um, what am I running from? Okay. And what am I running to? Mm. Okay. So what am I running from? That's often going to be things like pain, mm -hmm. anxiety, grief, shame, maybe fear, shame. Yeah. yeah, I'm feeling or experiencing something. And a lot of times we don't know it. Like a mm -hmm. lot of times we're anxious and we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. But we're off in fantasy world already, mm -hmm. right? Or we're scrolling, you know, or we're shopping, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and we're not really paying attention. Oh my gosh, that interaction with my boss was upsetting, mm -hmm. right? Or that interaction with my spouse or my child or my friend or, or the news that I just read or something, mm -hmm. you know? And so we need to stop and say, what am I running from? Okay. And begin to try to process that, mm -hmm. engage with that, take that to God, you know, surrender that, mm -hmm. speak truth over that, yeah. you know, those kinds of things, right? What am I running from? And usually it's some sort of pain, mm -hmm. right? So we need to stop running from the pain and turn towards the pain. Just in the same way that you turn towards the fantasy, mm -hmm. you're going to turn towards the pain and, mm -hmm. and try to own it and be present with it and engage with God. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, yeah. Well, I, I want to speak to the other, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, just that, that is so clarifying and maybe freeing, I think, <laughs> because it is hard to just take thoughts captive. And, and I probably need to yeah. apologize for anyone that I've told, just take the thought captive. <laughs> but, but, um, but, you know, I feel like, I think my black and white thinking, my all or nothing thinking, my realist thinking, like all those things combined to make me like the perfect candidate for an eating disorder and body image issues. <laughs> but in, in all of that, 
I think, is this like, I believe I have a shut off valve, mm, <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm, right? right? Where it's like, oh no, just turn that off, you know, like just cut that right. out. And that probably just actually feeds the problem that, you know, led to me having an eating disorder in the first place, which is being uncomfortable <laughs> with feelings, right? right? <laughs> so, so it's probably not super helpful, but but thinking about instead of the running, you know, instead of running towards the fantasy or indulging the fantasy, asking the question, what am I running from? Yeah. Like, why, yeah. why do I need that fantasy to save me? Right. Um, right. That, and that's a great way to put it. Cause we, we look to other things to save us. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. What am I running so then to? The, oh, go ahead. What am I running to? And this is where that seven desires of the hearts comes for. You know, like, what is fantasy telling me? What am I imagining I will get out of this mm-hmm. result? If I lose weight, if I'm skinnier, if my husband notices my weight loss or my friends at church, I, you know, I'll say this, I've said this for 20 years. I used to think when, that men thought about women's bodies a lot. Mm-hmm. And we do. I mean, that's, that's an issue for men. Like it's been mm-hmm. sexualized and, and, you know, this whole conversation could happen around sexual fantasies too for mm-hmm. men. You're like, what am I fantasizing? What kind of woman would choose me? Would that kind of woman choose me, mm-hmm. right? Or be with me or et cetera, et cetera. I thought men struggled with it. I, until I started working with eating disorders, I didn't realize how much women thought about women's bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Thus the title of your book, right? Right, right. You know, I had no idea that that was such a uh, powerful part of a woman's experience is to compare herself so mm-hmm. much, right? But, but why is she doing that? Why, why do we do that? It's, it's because in part we're running towards acceptance, mm-hmm. affirmation, to be chosen, mm-hmm. to be included, right? So that fantasy of, let's just, to use the example, you know, of today's conversation of losing weight and having that ideal body, it's running from the pain of your experience, whether that's historic experience or present experience or some combination, and it's running towards peace as mm-hmm. your client said right or acceptance or safety yeah. or feeling chosen and included mm-hmm. right yep and so when we begin to understand what i really long for is not a flat stomach but what i think the flat stomach will give me mm-hmm. you know that then yeah. radically changes the way we interact with jesus with yeah. our bodies with yeah. our stories with our emotions right right Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you run through the list and we, you know, we brought this up before, but safety is always, it's my big one. Safety Mm -hmm. is always the one. (laughs) And, and it really is difficult, I think, to disconnect that fantasy Mm -hmm. from that outcome. Like, is there a process there? Oh, man. That's the sixty-four million dollar question. I think it used to be sixty-four thousand dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That'd be great to write a book on that. I think untangling that, you know, what you're saying is how do we untangle that or unglue that? Mm-hmm. This idea that my my fantasy, um, how do I not give that so much power? How do I disconnect that from the power that it has in my life? Um, I think it starts with what we're talking about today is recognizing that that tells a story. So I did, you can do this without body image and uh, specific fantasies. I had a group of men that I was mentoring simply write out their perfect day. What Mm -hmm. would your perfect day look like? If you had a day that just went perfectly, what would it look like? And it included way more than body image. It Mm -hmm. it included, you know, how they'd spend their time and relationships. And it was so interesting because we all Mm -hmm. came up with such different days. Yeah. But it, tied into our stories. Hmm. So um, I think we start there and then we, we confess mm-hmm. and we, when, when it comes up, we don't beat ourselves up. We don't shame ourselves. We don't condemn ourselves, but we confess and bring it to Jesus and say, I'm placing my hope in this object of my fantasy, mm-hmm. whether that's another person or an activity or a body image or a financial situation. Mm-hmm. I'm placing my hope in that as Tim Keller would call it a counterfeit God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And 
I'm going to surrender that to you. Jesus, would you help me to put my hope in you? I don't even know what that looks like right now, Mm -hmm. but I'm just, I'm going to try to remind myself. So I have a, I have a prayer. I can, let me, let me pull this up. This is a prayer I've started to read on a almost daily basis. Um, I'll just read. There's like seven or eight of them. I'll just read a few of them. Um, From the empty promises of money, admiration, and success, Lord, deliver me. Mm. From perfectionism and the fear of making wrong choices, Lord, deliver me. Mm. From the fear of what others think of me, Lord, deliver me. This comes from... um, It's the litany uh, of humility. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a guy named Albert Brooks wrote a book called From Strength to Strength, and he had a prayer. So I adapted it for myself. And there's several more on there, that list, but... Uh, from the fear of pain, Lord, deliver me. Like, I've just been praying that, you know, on a yeah. regular basis. Um, deliver me from the things that I think will give me salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and let me just have my hope in you. So yeah. so that's, you know, that's part of the answer to your question, I think. Um, do we want to talk about like a parting assignment for your listeners? Yes, please do it. Some things they can do. So basically, yeah. I mean, it's what we've talked about. I just want to give a little more. Um, meet to the to the assignment. So some questions that they can hand, ask themselves. So um, so I've written some of these things down. So I'll just read this to you. Um, describe your ideal body. What does it look like? Feel like? Be specific. And as you probably did with your clients, head to toe. Like mm-hmm. we're going to go from hair to toenails, right? Um, ask yourself questions about why do certain things matter and other things don't. Mm-hmm. For example, why are you focused on a flat stomach, but not perfect hair? Mm-hmm. Is it athletic versus curvy? Mm-hmm. Thin versus muscular? Why? Where does that, what is that meaning? What's the meaning behind that? Right? So yeah. those are some questions they can begin to ask themselves. Okay. Um, you ever fantasize about having that perfect body? Mm-hmm. Imagine a movie scene with your perfect body. What scene would you create? Who would be in it? Who would notice you? Men, women, anyone, no one? What does that tell you about your story, your wounds, your need for healing? Mm. Write out the perfect day. What would this look like? What would you do, not do? Who would you spend it with? What does that teach you about yourself and what you long for? So I think the question in all this is, are you willing to understand what your fantasies can tell you about your longings and your needs and your wounds and your story? And then ask Jesus to meet you in that story in those, those things, you'll learn so much. Do this with a trusted group of friends, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, share exactly. some of these stories with someone else. Um, don't do it alone, mm-hmm. um, but do it with some trusted friends and be curious. It's a curious and compassionate stance. Don't have a judgmental stance towards yourself yeah. in this. It's not helpful. Yeah. Um, so I think if every one of your listeners went and did that and then, yeah. you know, a few of them emailed you and told you what they learned. Yeah, you that'd be awesome. Interesting stories. <laughs> that'd be fantastic. Everyone's invited to do that. Heather, compared to who dot me, <laughs> send, <laughs> send them on. You know, Travis, I can't help but think though, like, you know, you've, you've done a lot of work with, in the eating disorder community. It's like, it's never about the food. Is it? Right. It's not, but here's what I've, here's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Cause I think early on as a therapist, I moved too quickly past the food. Okay. And I moved too quickly past the body image stuff. Okay. Because I knew it wasn't about food and body. Mm -hmm. But food and body are the um, storytellers. Mm -hmm. They tell us about what it is about. Mm -hmm. If you skip over the food and body, then you miss so much of the story. Mm. So I would try to sort of try to I think early on I would try to get clients to not talk about food and body and I'd try to get them like well tell me really about your relationship with your mom Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well well, number one they wanted to talk about food and body yeah that's what brought them in right and so they probably felt somewhat annoyed that Mm -hmm. I was trying to move them past it Mm -hmm. and secondly if we talk about food and body, we'll probably end up talking about mom anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) it's going to take it there. Yeah. Yeah. But it gives, it's, it's so powerful to tell us about what it is about. So, Mm -hmm. so it isn't about the food and body. It's about the deep longings of the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, as you said, perfect day. My, my thought was 
for someone with an ED background, you know, even just a disordered background, perfect day always connotes like a perfect eating day. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so when you ask someone with that background to just think about their perfect day, it's like, well, I've been, and I'm using my air quotes here. Like I've been good all day. You know, I right. ate exactly what I was supposed to eat that day, which isn't, it's not the outcome, right? It's not the end goal. The end goal is so I can have that, the fantasy body because I've been taught that, you know, eating a certain way will get me <laughs> the fantasy body. Yeah. And I've asked clients, if you followed all of the rules of your eating disorder, at the end of the day, how would you feel? Mm. And the most common answers I get are accomplished mm -hmm, and that's what I was thinking. safe and, and powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it, it may result in the body looking a certain way, but I bet you, if you asked about what would your perfect eating day be, you'd get a wide range of answers. Mm -hmm. Some people would like, I wouldn't have to eat at all. Mm. You know, I, I, food wouldn't be an issue. I wouldn't even have to eat. That would yeah. be some people's answers. And others would be like, I could eat it whatever I want. I wouldn't mm -hmm. feel guilty and I wouldn't gain weight. Freedom. Like, those are two different answers. <laughs> yeah. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so I, that's another great question that mm -hmm. your listeners can ask. What would my perfect food day be? Yeah. Right. And they'll good. learn. So it's okay. so helpful to, to be curious about yourself and your story because God's not afraid of your story. Mm -hmm. You know, he's redeeming it and he's working through it and he is right there in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just final question. I, yep. you know, I, I, I love, I love the word curious. Like I'm, I'm learning from all of you <laughs> LPC types, <laughs> that word. Um, how can we feel safe while being curious? Mm. Say more about that and then I'll answer it. I think it is scary for many mm -hmm. to question these things. Mm -hmm. um, for some, it's that this, this belief, this, let's use the word fantasy has held so much power to free them for so long, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know if I could just get this, like that's, I mean, it's, it is the winning the lottery, <laughs> like the body right. image version of winning the lottery. Like, I just, I know that's where salvation is found. Right. And, and, you know, obviously idolatry, all those things, but, but it's really scary to think about dismantling mm -hmm. that, right. Mm -hmm. Cause if it's not that, Ooh, well, I, you know, I don't have anything else. <laughs> like that's, that's what, right. that's what's on the throne. Right. right? And, you know, right. as, and of course, as believers, like we know the God in Jesus answer, but, but that's not always compassionate, <laughs> right? Like, right. I mean, God is always compassionate, but just saying, well, it's just, it needs to be Jesus. Like just topple the idol. It needs to be Jesus is there's, there's something missing in there. Um, the grace, I think, to understand how it got there or mm -hmm. what, whatever, whatever other words should be used to describe, you know, the experience that, that led to that core belief. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Did that, did that yeah. flesh it out anymore? Well, I think it's, yeah, it did. I think it's, I think being curious is scary to summarize in some of what you're saying, and I think what I'm hearing in my own experience, I think being curious can be scary because number one, it can lead us in areas of pain mm. and shame, right? Yeah. Like it might lead us back to memories or experiences that were painful. And, yeah. and that's just hard to feel, mm -hmm. you know, and it's hard to go there. The truth is <laughs> if we're not engaging with that pain, it's, it, it's playing out all the time anyways. Mm -hmm. Like, so you know, um, we need to engage with the pain in an appropriate and healthy and, and right pace mm -hmm. kind of way, yeah. um, in a way that we can also stay safe. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like trauma therapists will always work with their clients to like, okay, we're going to go into your st story a little bit more, but before the end of the session, they always get people back to a safe place. So yeah. you can do that too, yeah. right? You don't have to be a masochist and going, get <laughs> <at> your pain. <laughs> But one of the reasons that um, it's curious is because we're afraid of the pain, the other, you know, pain and shame. And then the other is like, I think we've been taught in our American culture and then our American Christian culture is that like looking back or all of that is somehow sinful, right? Mm -hmm. um, or complaining or 
stuck in the past or navel gazing or all that. it's like somehow we feel like it's wrong to mm-hmm. be curious about our stories or to be curious mm-hmm. about our fantasies like mm-hmm. that's wrong just you know set your minds on things above you know mm-hmm. and we kind of throw out scriptures like that that don't really they're not in context and they're not helpful mm-hmm. um and so um I think that's why we're hesitant. So, mm-hmm. so what I think is true, God fully knows our stories. Mm-hmm. He is not afraid of our stories. Yeah. Um, and he is, he is not condemning of our stories, right? I mean, he calls sin, sin, but he also took care of our sin. Mm-hmm. You know, the gospel is all about him paying for the sin. So one of my favorite books of the last three or four years is Gentle and Lowly by Daniel mm-hmm. Ortland. Mm-hmm. I read um, it. And it's just, you know, it's such a beautiful picture. He's a he's a graduate of the seminary where okay. I work, so he goes to Covenant Seminary. But it's such a beautiful portrayal of Jesus being with us in our darkest and most painful and sinful yeah. stuck places, right? So yeah. I think reading something like that can help you become unafraid when you mm-hmm. he paints such a beautiful picture of the heart of Christ for mm-hmm. us, not when we got our stuff together. Right. But when we're any, it's such a biblical argument. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a solidly biblical argument that he makes for yeah. Jesus meeting us in our darkest places. And so I think that gives us courage to be curious. Yeah. Right. And so um, I think, you know, remind ourselves of the heart of Christ, that he mm-hmm. is for us and with us. Our sin is not too much. Mm-hmm. Our fantasies are not too much. Mm-hmm. Um and it also helps to have friends who aren't afraid to hear your fantasies. I've mm-hmm. got a couple of friends I could call them up and go, can I tell you about, you know, the thoughts mm-hmm. I was just having or yeah. this part of my story that I've never told anyone. And, yeah. and I know they're not going to judge me, Yeah, you know? So we need people like that too. Yeah, that's good. And I remember something you said the last time we spoke was that, that shame is healed through community. Yeah. Like that. That's and, right. Yep. Yeah. So keeping it all inside fantasy or not keeping it all inside does not help overcome that shame that we feel yeah, around right. the fantasy. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Travis, thanks so much for being on the show today. I truly appreciate you being here. Um, are you, are you running any groups? Is there any way people should connect? I, you? you know, I, I am running a group right now, but okay. I don't have any openings at the moment. Okay. Um, people can always reach out. They can go to my website, wtravisstewart.com. Um, or they can use some of the resources I've created. Urge911.com is a resource that can okay. help people who have urges for any kind of compulsive behavior can be helpful. Um, and then reflectiveprayer.com is a guided meditation. Um, reflectiveprayer.com is a guided meditation website that um, can help you learn to kind of with anxiety. And there's a track on there for eating and body image issues. So awesome. Um, yeah, Great. those would be Great. places to find me. Great. I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Well, Travis, thanks so much for being on the show today. You bet. This was an honor. It's always fun to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compare Do Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian podcasts, go to lifeaudio.com. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.